0: Hey Steg fans! welcome to another episode of the show here, uh, of course you know me, I'm Griffin, uh, I'm, I'm here every week, and uh, th- well this week I'm, I'm actually, uh, the only one from the regulars that are here, Ryan actually needs a week off, folks, the dude is working on one of the coolest events in Marvel Comics history, and uh, so yeah, naturally he's gotta just take a little bit of time to, to breathe and make sure that these issues of Absolute Carnage continue to be absolutely awesome, uh. Which they're going to be. So this week, we've got something different. Um, and real quick, uh, I've I've mentioned every single time on the show here that uh, every time I'm joined by my co-producer on the show, Ethan, who is always being silent and the best rewind by possible. But today he's here with me. Hey, Ethan. Hey, it's me, Ethan, the silent producer.
1: He's here. (laughs) I
0: sit behind the the curtain. (laughs) Yes, Ethan is is just as integral to the show, so I want you guys to hear his voice and say hey to him and and say, Ethan, hey, bud. Hey, guys. Hey, Stag fans. Glad you're enjoying the show so much. All right. Okay, back behind the thing, please. Yeah, I'm heading back. Sorry. Cool. All right, thank you. Um, So this week, guys... We thought we would share with you uh, just something that we've had just sort of in our back pocket whenever we needed it and, and – here it is. This week, we're using it. So, I think some of you might be wondering, who is this Griffin guy? Why does he know Ryan Stegman? What is this? What's going on? Uh, so, this week, we're going to present to you the origin story of, uh, of mine and Stegman's uh, friendship here. Basically, charting back to uh, my days as a, as a wee lad in the, my freshman year of high school, I had a Spider-Man podcast, um, and it was focused on the superior Spider-Man. Uh, and, and of course Ryan was one of the rotating artists on that book, and so we did an interview with him, and, uh, what you're about to hear is that interview with young high school me, as well as a couple of my buddies, Connor and Dylan, what's up boys? Um, and they're gonna be on there too, and we're talking to Ryan, uh, about some Superior Spider-Man stuff, but also, uh, you know, just fun to see that, hey, that's me, and one day, uh, uh, Ryan's gonna be the best dude and have me on this show, uh, which I love doing every week, and, um. And uh, we hope you guys are enjoying it. So I know so many of you guys are eagerly awaiting the rest of the Absolute Carnage number one breakdown and the Absolute Carnage number two breakdown and rest assured those are coming as well as a bunch of other really, really awesome stuff here on the show. Um, But for now, we got this interview for you. So enjoy this and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. See you next week. Ethan. Ethan. Back behind. Yeah. All right. Cool. Back behind. Thank you. Ryan, if you're listening, I'm sorry. He just, you know, you know how he gets.
1: Stag. Man and his amazing friends.
0: Welcome to a very special episode of Superiority, a superior Spider-Man podcast that brings you a teenage perspective on the superior Spider-Man. And now it is not a usual episode right now, it is a episode that is six times more awesome because we are with the one, the only, Mr. Ryan Stegman. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for uh, for allowing us to be able to do this. We've been emailing back and forth for for a month or so, mm-hmm. and and now I'm really happy that this all happened to work out with you being here and whatnot. Yeah. All right. Um, first things first. We're all very big fans of of your work, as I'm sure. Well, thank you. <laughs> no, we want to we want to interview you, but we hate your stuff. That's <laughs> honestly, what it's all about. Um,
1: but you no. guys, I was begging you guys for this interview. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, you contacted yeah. us. Yeah, no, we, me, and uh, and Dylan, yeah. we uh, we sit in our history class and we draw Spider-Man. All right, that's it. That's, that's about what I,
1: that's did. about what I did in <laughs> high school. <laughs> are you guys in high do. school? We are. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, Right. Yes. But yeah, that's what I did. I drew in the the in my notebooks all the time. I actually have some of my old notebooks, and I'll look at them. And there's like noses drawn in the <laughs> Just random you know. noses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I was obsessed with noses for some reason.
0: Noses are difficult to do. Yeah. If it's not under a mask. It's really hard to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, um. Okay. Let's let's get this started. First things first. Uh, are you a natural born Michigander or?
1: Florida? I was actually born in Indiana. Uh, my family is all, my, both my parents grew up in Indiana, and I lived in, Indi- in Indiana until I was about three or four. Mm. Then I moved to Troy, Michigan, um, where I lived until I was in third grade, moved to Pennsylvania from third to fifth grade, and then came back to Michigan, lived here ever since, went to Michigan State, you know, lived in, lived, grew up in Troy, went to Michigan State. Now I live out in Grand Blake. Now, when when did you first start doodling the uh, the webhead? Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I I remember when I was in Pennsylvania was when my, I mean I, I read some comics as a kid, uh, but I was really introduced to them by a friend in Pennsylvania, mm. whose parents were, his dad was an architect and his mom was an artist, and he just had comics like, you know I had like my dad's a couple of my dad's old comic books that I'd read over and over, but once he's you know, he was showing me modern stuff and he had like the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man stuff I became obsessed with drawing Spider-Man and creating my own characters, but you know, it was either. And all my characters seemed to look like Spider-Man. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh this is uh,
0: arachnid guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well,
1: they yeah. all had to have masks with big eyes on them. You I know, like like the, big like eyes. the Spawn. That. That, so yes. when I saw Spawn, I was like, oh, that's looks like every character I designed as a kid. You know, <laughs> so um, yeah.
0: The next question was one Dylan insisted on asking: uh, How was high school? <laughs>
1: This well, is a comic podcast. I went to high school with Aaron, my wife. Mm. Um, how was high school? Better for me than for you. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I had a good time in high school. I was a, uh, I was a, uh, I was closeted about my mm. comic book yes. addiction. Um, I had, I only really had one friend that was. It kind of stung. I I would have rather had more friends that I was able to share the comic book thing with. Mm. But, um, I mean, the years that when i was 15 16 you know like the the boom had happened with image and then it kind of had sort of uh, trickled out so that so there weren't a lot of high school kids that were reading comics so it was just me and my one friend and we he and i would talk about them all the time but um you know he and i had different perspectives on it as well which was I wanted to talk about? Did you see what Jim Lee did and blah blah blah? Did you yeah. see what you know uh, Joe Madureira did and and he was just like no I, I only I only read Spider Man and Fantastic Four and that that was it. So like only on those that was books. yeah. And then he was like no I don't even know who draws it. What is the uh, the process to become a an, an artist for Marvel? Um, well, it was it's kind of strange because it's difficult um, in the sense like. You just have to get good at it, you know? And then, I mean, there's no there's no applying for a job. There's no job application. You're just going and you're, you keep showing them your stuff until they're like, I think that this guy could sell a book, you know what I mean? And it can't just be like, I, I, I meet some guys that are like starting out and they think, seem to think like, well, I can draw as well as so-and-so. Why can't I get a job? And it's like, you don't want to be able to draw as well as the guy that doesn't draw very well. You want to be like really good at it. So, um, the way that I did it was I I posted stuff online uh, on digital webbing and Deviant Art and stuff, and eventually I started to get people, writers, you know, young writers that were like hey, you want to do this project or this project? And you started to be able to weed out the ones that were saying, do you want to do this book with me that I haven't written yet, but I have an idea for? And then there would be some people who actually had a script. And then so I started reading scripts. And then uh, one guy had a script that was I thought it was really good, and he also had a publisher in place, which was Marcosia Comics, and it's a British company. And uh, so I took it and went with it. And um, I did five issues of that, and then... Um, I kept submitting to anybody that would look at my stuff. And um, there was this company called the Dable Brothers, and they uh, were doing these novel adaptations. Uh, Magician Apprentice is this fantasy novel, and they they said, we like your stuff, could you do a sample page for us? I did it. They hired me, and they got bought by Marvel. Uh So when I was 24, (laughs) I'm 32 now, so eight years ago... um, I just got in like the, this back door, this hidden, you know, secret door, and uh, and then kind of like held on by the skin of my teeth for five years, where like there were several times where it was like, okay, I need something else, you know, and they just like throw me table scraps, table scraps, until all of a sudden one of them was like. Uh, started Like, I think I did this... Uh, I had turned in these... I was doing these cheesecake girly covers for Xenoscope. <laughs> and um, I had turned them in and I said, I'd like to do some covers at some point if you guys ever have anything like that. And they sent those... They needed somebody to do Red She-Hulk backups in Incredible Hulk. And Jeff Loeb was writing it at the time. And Jeff Loeb picked me and then was like, this stuff is awesome, you know, like... Uh, you you know this and all of a sudden everybody started to be like hey wait a minute you oh know? what
0: do you know this kid's got some talent yeah like,
1: for some reason I'm imagining them
0: like in the 1930s they got <laughs> that weird new you got talent kid yeah exactly <laughs> that's
1: pretty much what happened and then I had been touched you know on the forehead by Jeff Loeb and now <laughs> all of a sudden they looked at me differently and um, kept me employed and kept moving up the ladder so,
0: so what what exactly led to Spidey because I know you did. Uh, what was it 665? Six, 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 mm-hmm. I just... Picked and then... Oh, to what? Uh, and
1: then you got on Scarlet, and then Superior started. Uh-huh. So... The, uh, w- the way that that worked was, um, just out of the blue, the, the um, editor of Amazing Spider-Man, Steve Wacker, mm-hmm. emailed me uh, to do one, the one issue. The day that this is the God's Honest Truth, I got the email about two hours after my first son was born which was crazy you know like Amazing Spider we want you to do an issue of Amazing Spider-Man I was like what you know like going crazy fantastic yeah but I mean I knew it was only one issue so like Mm -hmm. I went berserk on those pages like did them the best I could and after about six pages I turned in he said I remember he wrote me an email and he said where did where did you come from and what are you working on next (laughs) the editor and I said it's funny you ask I said all I've ever wanted to do is Spider-Man uh, so I'd like to do Spider-Man next. Like, you know, and he was he was like, oh, well, it's staffed up right now, but uh, I'm going to look into something. And then he came back to me with Scarlet Spider,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which, you know, obviously I jumped at. I got to launch a new book with uh, a different character. And then he um, he actually, uh, that, uh, then I, I did five issues of that, and they started to you know the way things happen is somebody in another office will be like I have this bigger book and he's selling that book well so why shouldn't I have him sell my book that has bigger characters so I went and did Fantastic Four but while I was going to go do Fantastic Four I knew that was only going to be three issues so I was like wait a minute I could do and at the time Scarlet Spider was selling about in step with Fantastic Four Mm -hmm. so I was like "Uh, I don't really understand I can either do I can leave and do Fantastic Four, or I can do the book that I love right now, Scarlet Spider, um, for infinite amount of time, uh, you know, as opposed to just doing a couple issues of, like, I want to know what I'm doing after. And so I told him, I said, I want to know what I'm doing after, and by the way, I want that to be (laughs) Spider-Man. And then... It's like three or four days later, he called me, he's like, I did it, you're on, you're on Spider-Man <laughs> after Fantastic Four, and I was like, let's do it, you yeah, know, so I went and did Fantastic Four the whole time, knowing, I mean, doing Fantastic Four was enough of a reward in its own right, but uh, uh, to know after that I was doing Spider-Man was just like... This is crazy, you know. And then you stopped doing Scarlet, what was it, 12 issues in or something? No, uh, no five.
0: five. Five issues in. All but, I, but you still do the covers. Yeah. All of the covers. Which brings me to a point yeah. that Dylan wanted to make. For a while, I was pretty mad because I would look at the covers and I'd get my hopes up because I thought you were on the book and then it would be like, I would read the artist list and go, mm-hmm. no, it's not, yeah. <laughs> not on the book. Yeah.
1: Not on the book. Well, I mean, that's kind of the way that things work is a lot of times the artist does, on the interior doesn't do the cover. But I was real fortunate with that um, series to get to do uh, the entire run of covers, because, you know, it's been canceled. But I did all 25, which actually comes out to like, I did like two variants on there, so I think I did 27 covers for one series. It's, and it, it, there were many times where they were like, You don't have enough time to do this anymore, you can't do the covers anymore. And then I'd be like, Well, how, how about I, I just one. do this? How about I just do this next one? And then they would be like, Fine. And then I'd. <laughs> Uh, because they wanted me to do them, they just thought I didn't have time, but then uh, eventually like I just kept sticking on there until I got uh, the series ended. And I, here, there I was still at the very end.
0: <laughs> um, keeping with that sort of... Uh, I think, or at least in my opinion, I don't know about you guys, but the, the art in ASM 665 mm-hmm. feels very different than, than what you're doing in Superior now. Mm-hmm. How exactly did you evolve from point A to point
1: B? Well... I think I was still, in 665, I was still figuring out who I was artistically. I still am. I mean, it's not like I've fully figured it out. I don't think you are ever really done. But yeah. yeah. But I think that I was, at that time, I was very concerned with making everything very right. Um, but then I got to throughout the time I kept evolving to be more fluid and then I started to realize oh you know my favorite artists you know say a Jim Lee a Todd McFarlane they're actually not necessarily going for accuracy they're going for energy in the figure so you just get as close as you can and Jack Kirby is the number one example of that and so I started to let go of that sort of accuracy a little bit and I started to elongate things and you know push things to be more cartoony which is what the type of stuff I love and uh, that's pretty much that's the evolution I think is just more of like uh, in embracing what's inside me which is cartoon cartooniness you know because I was always a huge Disney kid and everything that's what I wanted to be an animator when I was a kid and everything so
0: which would be awesome if you were actually animating one of the Spider-Man cartoons but you're not yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that would take forever um, and as, as I was saying earlier that we draw Spider-Man in, in history and whatnot how uh, how difficult is shading for you because we hate hate shading with a burning passion
1: I mean I don't know I've I just always done it like since I was a kid so um, it's not difficult for me but it's also internalized Dylan I don't want to ask this question
0: you want me to ask this question? Ask the question. Ask the question. Any advice on women? Seeing as you're, you're about to have your second son, so... Um,
1: <laughs> uh, in high school, I didn't have much luck. So, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just be yourself. That's no my advice. It, right. I found it was a lot easier once I stopped trying so hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to the
0: actual thing. Um, now, you're part of a three-artist rotation on Superior. Mm-hmm. So what what do you think of, uh, of Ramos and uh, Giuseppe, just because I can't pronounce his last name? I just call um, him Giuseppe.
1: Uh, I was a huge, huge Ramos fan when I was younger. I mean, he was... When I was 15, 16, 17 is when he started to do stuff. Like, he was doing Ash, and he was doing Deviate, and all that stuff. And he was one of my favorite artists, so... It's very strange to be working alongside him yeah. now. So, like, like I went out to dinner with him and my editors in Chicago, and that's supposed to be like, "Hey, we're peers, let's yeah. hang out." And can, I, I made it through about half the dinner before I started like, uh, just. Ha- <laughs> remember when you did blah 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 blah? Yeah. What What was that like? You know. It's kind of like uh, if you've ever seen the Christmas. Yeah, the Christmas. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. I really did. I started just going crazy on him, and then uh, I went to. Uh, Oh, and Giuseppe, I met him in person, and he was a guy that I was a fan of because mm-hmm. I had to do some stuff at one point, and I had to read a bunch of his stuff, and I was like, "This guy's awesome!" So, <laughs> yeah, both of them, I love their stuff. Something we really like is that just there's it, there's just
0: with the, with the rotation, it's just a constant change of feel and tone because you all have your very distinct and set looks. And it's, it's right. one of the best parts of the book,
1: in my opinion, is the, the ability to have the right artist on the right arcs. And well, like and I think, I think also having the, the same colorist on all of us yes. and having him work, he does, it works for all of us, uh, really helps <laughs> to, like, solidify the look of the book and make it all cohesive. While we all draw differently, there's still, like, a cohesiveness to yes. the entire series. Um, on that real quick, Delgado. Uh-huh. He did a fantastic
0: job with number nine. I just want to say, with yeah, with, between your art and his uh, his coloring with the, the different variations of red and the amazing mm-hmm. in suits, that's awesome. You can give him our compliments on Oh, that. yeah.
1: No, I love Edgar. i love to work with him forever. Yeah,
0: go ahead. Growing up and reading Peter Parker as Spider-Man, mm-hmm. what was your initial reaction to Spider-Man? 7?
1: Well, I knew the story... But like as far ahead as like in the 680s, I think I learned what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So my, and then I learned what was going to happen in Superior as well. Uh, Dan told me, he took it, we went out to dinner and he told me everything that was going to happen. And uh, I was prepared. So it was much harder, it's much more, harder for me to have perspective on the whole thing. Because I didn't have to have that month of 700 where I was like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he told me that part of the story in one sitting and then the next, he said, and then, you know, and then he dies and blah, blah, blah. And then this happens, you know. And then Superior starts, and uh, he comes, you know. He's Ghost Peter or whatever. So like, I'm just hearing it like all in a row. Yes. Yeah. So I don't have, have any waiting in there. So like, the the moment where it hits you that he's dying is just like, oh cool, oh cool, that's cool too, uh-huh. you know. So like, I'm just thinking this is awesome. But then after 700 came out, and I saw Twitter because I had a search set up just to see I was like thinking because you know I'll set up searches for you know at one point I did a book I did a She-Hulk series and I'd set up a Twitter search and I'd get like there'd be like one tweet a month. And I'd be like, what did they say? You know? Yeah. So I said, went up for 700 just to see how people reacted and then it was just like boom, boom, boom. It was all yep. day. It was like a non-stop conversation. Constant. So then I was like, oh man, this is way crazy. Like, this is way more than I expected.
0: I honestly would have been terrified if I were in slot shoes because oh yeah. are crazy about yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, but, God. you know, he courts it.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. He does, he does a very good job. Um, was Is there a different experience between doing Scarlet and Superior two different uh, Spider
1: uh, well the difference is is that Scarlet Spider was very much it felt like we were almost doing like an indie book at Marvel Yeah. because we moved them to Houston there was literally nobody else in the book involved at the beginning that had ever been in a book before besides Kane okay. yep and so we got to just everything that we wanted to do we could just do because we were like there was no continuity to tie it into other than his past yeah. but you know like all the characters like we created Annabelle we created Donald Meland and uh, the police officer and um, we just got to do all that stuff from scratch so Then you go on to Superior Spider-Man, where everybody's hanging on every word, they're obsessed with all the characters in their own way, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that was completely different um, in the sense that Dan is drawing on years and years of history, whereas Chris and I are just making up everything as we go along, so, yeah, I mean, both of them had their advantages, you know, and uh, so it was fun, it was just a completely different experience, though.
0: Dylan Dylan arrived to the Scarlet game late. And oh, after come I, on, after Dylan. After I told, after I told him, <laughs> I, I him reading Scarlet Online, yeah. Oh yeah. He he's like, this is really good. After I typed it up to him, and then it gets canceled, and he's like, no. He almost had a breakdown. I think <laughs> in, in the fact that that he's he's now getting here and
1: it's over. But well, you got twenty five good issues, yeah, and now he's in, and years, now he's in New Warriors, New and, Warriors and everything.
0: Warriors to look forward to. Um, what, is, what were some of the first comics
1: that you uh, were into? Uh, the first ones that I really remember being like super into, I had some that I just, at the time, when you're a kid, you don't really know who the artist is or writer. You, they just exist, and that mm-hmm. makes you happy. Yes. Um <laughs> the, the first ones that I really remember being obsessed with were the McFarlane Spider-Mans, because I love great McFarlane and Spider-Man. So. <laughs> uh, why not?
0: Uh, is Spider-Man your definitive character i assume it is
1: yes yeah my definitive as far as mainstream comics yeah Mm -hmm. i Uh, i I noticed when i would do samples uh to try and get jobs or when i was younger it was almost spider-man just
0: what about uh beside your opinion is he the definitive comic character
1: he's him and batman yes and i think that spider-man is the definitive comic book costume Oh, yeah. The best costume in comics, for sure.
0: And um, on, on the costume, uh, what's your favorite one to draw between Scarlet, Amazing, Superior, and New Superior?
1: Amazing. Amazing? Yeah. Obviously. I mean, li- literally, Obvious. it's like uh, it's like Ditko performed some magic trick and made a costume that was the most... like the, You know, like you see this with Batman, he'll go through a little bit of a redesign as time goes on, mm-hmm. you'll see... Superman gets a little bit of a redesign as time goes on. Uh, somehow, I mean, obviously we do do other re- designs for Spider-Man, but that's just kind of that's to keep things fresh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But he, you can put that costume on at any time and it never looks outdated. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's, There's it's no awesome. other costume that's that mm. timeless. I, f-
0: I forgot to ask because you've now drawn Miguel O'Hara in 2099 how is that being able to draw that suit after you know there was the time storm event but besides that it hasn't been around since the 90s
1: yeah no that that costume uh, also was one that never needs to be touched that's what I tried to do with the Scarlet Spider costume because he had that hoodie uh, which people have a people have a, an attachment to it but I mean they have an attachment to it like in a nostalgic way but it's not a. I mean it's not not, it's not timeless.
0: It makes him look like a douchebag from 1994. Exactly. So
1: <laughs> so I tried to make one that will never have to be redesigned and, you know, simple and easy. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping that that one can be around for a long time. But that was what I had in mind.
0: What else, or who else, would you like to draw besides Spider-Man? Who's the next
1: one up? Out of... Marvel stuff, I always wanted to do, like, uh, I always read Spider-Man, and I always read X-Men, and I always loved Wolverine. So, and now, like, as I've gotten older, I've been really obsessed with Thor for whatever reason, maybe just because they've been doing a great job with him lately, and Simonson's run, I went back and read that, and I loved Jason Aaron's run, and I loved uh, Straczynski and Quappell's run, so that would be a character I'd like to do, but, but right now I'm, I really like, uh, I don't know, Wolverine's one of those characters that I can get cartoony with, mm-hmm. and the Hulk too, I like to draw guys that I don't have to make handsome all the time, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. and those are the so those, both of those characters I can do that with.
0: Um, this is a question I really like. From an artistic standpoint,
1: what do you think of the Spider-Man movies? Um, I'm going to tell you guys something, and you guys can't get mad. I haven't seen The Amazing Spider-Man yet. Ah. I own it. Ah. But <laughs> since we've had a kid, I don't know. We're just really bad about get, seeing movies. Um, but I, I loved Spider-Man 1 and 2. Like I thought they were both pretty on point. Yeah the suit design because it's gone through
0: basically three incarnations. The the Raimi suit and then the new suit from Amazing, which I know you haven't seen, but I'm sure you've I've seen seen this suit. Uh, And then the new one for the movie that's not out yet. Oh, I haven't seen the new one. You haven't? Uh -uh. Let's do this.
1: But, uh, like I said, the first one has the one that's closest to the original design and that's the one I'm fondest of. And I like the new redesign. I just... It, in terms it's, of drawing, I wouldn't want to draw that. Suit. It's very different. Yeah, and yeah. it's got so many bells and whistles. Uh, but the key to me in design is to have the <laughs> simplest possible thing, and somehow they managed to make it look like it's simple, even though when you look at it up close, it's covered in stuff. So. One second, here.
0: you just said the, uh, the the first one is the closest to the to the uh, the the original suit. Just wait till you see
1: this. Oh, that, yeah.
0: Yeah. There you go.
1: I like that one.
0: Um, what is your favorite book that you've drawn so far? Or,
1: panel moment, your definitive favorite that you've ever done? My favorite moment would have to be the end of issue nine of Superior when uh, everything's. I faded everything into black in the background yes. and they were fighting in the darkness. Because uh, that. I know, like. That was my idea. <laughs> so, like, I could have had them fighting and all those people standing around, but I, I was really excited about how it closed it in, and I thought that came out really it, nice. It
0: really just comes down to Peter Burstock, yeah. and
1: that's that. And that was a really collaborative moment uh, issue between Dan and I. We talked a lot about what we were going to do, and I got to design a lot of cool pages, and so that whole issue was really cool. And then uh, recently, on 19, we did that double-page splash with... Uh, the old Ditko panels with the ox head on them. Which was awesome. Yeah, and that was really cool too. Like yes. both of those times when you get to like dabble in the the history of the character, which I got to do in Nine with all the villains and and then all the heroes from Spider-Man coming back together. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just when you get when you do those moments, you start you you, you remember how m- long this thing has existed and how many people have worked on it and how important it is. Uh, it, that, it really puts it into perspective and then that's really cool. And Dan's great at doing that. He's great at yes. pulling those things yes. into the story.
0: We we saw the double-page splash, and they, they hadn't bought it, but I heard that 19 was really good, so I was like, you know what? I can't help it. Bought it digitally, read through it, and I sent them in a, in a Facebook group chat the, the individual panels, and they're like, wait, what? And then, you know, when they see that, portion, they like, oh, my God! Yeah. So does that mean you're, you're going to be able to draw or at least ghost Peter like, once again in the book?
1: Um, I don't know. Those, look, those were... Those were in silhouette. I don't know what they meant. Those (laughs) panels at the bottom. I don't even know, man. Guys, we tried. We
0: tried, guys. We tried. And I think we've already got the gist of this um, with you mentioning Ditko and McFarlane.
1: But who's your your favorite uh, Spidey artist? McFarlane. Sentimentally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the other guys, I came to the other guys later. McFarlane (laughs) was my gateway drug. Yes. Um, so he's always got the, the mantle, but, um, you know, I love Ditko, Ramita Sr., Gil Kane, Ross Andrew, all those guys.
0: I was, gonna say, I was just, just going to say, because Nick Harlan was your gateway drug, and now you are ours, and how does that feel to be known as, hey, you are the artist, or you know,
1: maybe later down the road, we'll be looked at as, you're the artist that brought me into Spider-Man. Well, that's... Awesome! Like that's exactly what I wanted. That's when I was designing the cover to issue one. I kept thinking about that McCarley Spider-Man number one, and I kept thinking because I had that on my wall when I was a kid, on my you know right next to my bed. So if I just laid on my side, I would just stare at that, <laughs> that McCarlane drawing. <girl. laughs> right, and uh, and that's what when I was doing this one, I kept saying to the editors, I was like, look, you can't just say like yes, that's a that's okay, you know. Like I was like, this has to be awesome, and I want this to be the poster on people's walls, so, um, you know, it feels, if it, if it ends up being, uh, you know, that, that thing to some people, then that's exactly, you know, that's everything I could ever hope for. Besides Spidey, Mm -hmm. favorite hero to draw? To draw?
0: Spider-Man's universe, I guess, even though Spider-Man's kind of the only... Whatever. Favorite
1: favorite spider Spider-Man. related character, I guess. Probably Green Goblin, or and I've never gotten to do Venom, like the big yeah, Hulked out Venom. Uh, but I've never gotten to do him in a book, but I have gotten to draw Green Goblin, and it's a blast. And so the, the, the Venom marks coming up, and Ramos gets yeah.
0: um That's that's good. Favorite um, favorite spider arc.
1: From a story story standpoint, at least. Oh man! From a story standpoint, um, just I I reread that I had to reread that um, because Dan draws so heavily on those first couple years of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely my favorite stuff now because I've reread yeah. it so many times.
0: What well, from an artistic standpoint? I'm sure it's going to be something McFarlane. Oh yeah, yes. Uh, yes.
1: McFarlane Spider-Man is. I mean, no no book has ever been looked through more. The map for me. Like, yes. just opening that up and just staring at me like, how did he do this? <laughs> Look at all those lines! Do you wish he was still drawing? Yeah, I mean, um, I have my favorite things. There's things, you know, he'll never be able to touch those things. It's just like, um Capullo does Batman now, and I absolutely love it. But I love it in, like, a new way. Mm-hmm. Whereas the stuff that he did on Spawn is like gospel to me so yeah. he could he can he could improve a hundred times over and i'd still be like eh, eh, not as good as your spawn stuff but it, it's not true i know it's not true i know his batman <laughs> stuff is like amazing now and it it's better than his spawn stuff but to me that like even the quirks and the things that he wasn't quite refined at when he did the spawn stuff that stuff i i, I fell in love with those quirks yeah. you know what i mean
0: Now, before I get to the last big question, do either of you guys... Anything, to say?
1: Anything more about women? Anything?
0: <laughs> do you want to ask him like when when he first oh, had his first beer? Is that on you know. your on your round table? What songs, in your opinion, you use more cowbell?
1: Uh, all of them, I guess. Uh, all of them. Definitely don't fear the reaper. Use oh, more yeah, cowbell. Yeah, that, that one. Uh, but yeah, really, I mean, any song without I don't listen to any music that doesn't have cowbell in it. So yeah. I add it sometimes in my house. <laughs> I just sit there and stare at my wife. Ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding, yeah. ding. Since I know you
0: haven't seen it, the uh, New Amazing Spider-Man, what's your favorite of the like, Kobe
1: Bryant? Um, I liked one and two. Like, two was a little bit more sprawling, mm. and one was a little more concentrated and focused, so yes. I probably liked one as, like, a... But two had more, like, exciting things in it. And so. That train sequence. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, uh, I guess I'd say one just to be like, because it was so well done and so perfect, but two kind of hit my fanboy oh yes. points a little more, so. The last,
0: the question: What is Spider-Man to you?
1: What is he to me? Yes. Yeah.
0: What is, does he stand for in your life?
1: Uh, a paycheck? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, like. Yeah, it just Spider-Man, absolutely in every way. In at different moments in my life, has changed my life. So like. Uh, as a kid, you kind of you, you recognize his costume early and then you, then you realize there's comics behind it when you get a little bit older you start reading those and then, you know, the McFarlane stuff obviously when I really got into that when I was 15 or no, when I was in 3rd, 4th grade was like that got me drawing comics then I actually left when I left and moved back to Michigan I didn't have a store around me or a friend that read comics, so it just kind of went by the wayside. But then at age 15, when I happened into a comic book store, it was like I was right back on and realized that that's what I could do with this ability to draw. And um, I, so so from that point, it changed my life in the sense that now I, I was like, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life because of that character. And then now I've done this superior spider-man stuff and it's completely changed my life and my career and my family and you know made us uh able to uh you know I, I don't feel so nervous about my career all the time anymore you know i've got fans and people that love the book and everything so yeah hopefully it just keeps changing my life
0: So, I guess I don't need to ask who you're rooting for between MSU and U of M. Yeah, no no questions there. Um, One other thing. Mm -hmm. How did you feel when the Tigers lost
1: up against Boston? Well, you know, Ryan Brown, uh, he's from Michigan also. And he and I are both diehard Tigers fans. Mm -hmm. And um, we text all the time during the games, and it was devastating. But, you know, (laughs) by the time they lost, I felt like it's a, I felt end the suffering. Yes, yes, exactly. I was yep. just like, you know what? I'm I feel relieved. I don't have to worry about this anymore. And it's so silly how wrapped up you get in it. <laughs> and when once it's over, you can have perspective. Oh yeah, that's not life or death. It's yeah. over. Yeah. And it felt like it really did feel like they were just putting me through the ringer, so. See, was, this is saying something
0: because we're all uh, theater kids. That's being right. so us. Obviously, we're i not partial to sports exactly, right. mm-hmm. but Dylan and I Dylan you still kind of play baseball I played baseball
1: for 10 years mm-hmm.
0: and even I got so wrapped up
1: yeah it's hard those, not to in those final games right I was like well anyway. my wife she doesn't she doesn't watch baseball but she'll, she was watching those games with me and getting just as frustrated as me with them and everything
0: definitely um definitely now you're signing books right now I just want to add this tip real quick Your signature is awesome (laughs) The little gecko That you make
1: With Stegman It's a stegosaurus
0: (laughs) That's awesome You just made it (laughs) Ten times better
1: (laughs) For a while I thought I was Going to do I thought I was Going to do Like a stegosaurus Body with a man's Head And it would just Be a little drawing But uh, eventually I started use I mean Walt Simonson Does a brontosaurus You know And so I was like If it's good enough For him And my name's Stegman Yeah Psegasaur's body, man's that head. That was supposed to be the next Jurassic Park. They showed the preliminary drawings. It says, no. <laughs> so they
0: scrapped the idea. They're rewriting the whole
1: damn
0: thing again. Yeah. So um, it like a T-Rex. And he had a holster and a man's head on. Him. What? Um. <laughs> <laughs> they scrapped the idea. That's
1: right. It was supposed to be out next year. Thank you, sir. Yep. Much. Appreciate no problem. It. Thank you. Definitely. Next next thing, I'll probably be playing him in the movie or something. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man 67. It's got to keep escalating <laughs> Ryan somehow. Um, well, I just have one more question. This is kind of off-topic, but it's still kind of on-topic. Did, did you ever, as a kid, try and get bit by a spider, hoping he'd become
1: Spider-Man? No, no not that I... I mean, sure, I probably did, and I don't remember. This because of all the stupid things that I did, like... Uh, but not that I can recall... But I do remember, you know, pretending to be Spider-Man all the time, and, you know... We don't pretend, do we, Dylan? (laughs) You're solving
0: crimes? (laughs) We, something I really remember doing when I was younger was, I would take my mom's robe... Uh-huh. I like where this is headed. <laughs> Remove the, the, the string for, you know, to tie the robe. While it was I not would... on her. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no I'm, I'm taking this. Get out. <laughs> I would tie that to my balcony, the banister, with the, the little poles, and then I would jump off. And just see if that held me, and uh, it did most of the time, but um, not all No disasters. <laughs> not, yeah. Debatable. Debatable. But that balcony was soon the, uh, the scene of a terrible, terrible point in my childhood, in that I was playing with Spider-Man and Green Goblin, and Spider-Man kicked Green Goblin off the balcony, and Green Goblin just uh. <laughs> hit that floor, and he just burst into every single piece that you could imagine he could break into. He broke. Did it. you cry? I was dazed. Just right. I want my Green Goblin back. But um, something I'm wondering because I don't like I I've, I've never met anyone that's that's older than us that uh, has period
1: <laughs> <laughs> period
0: I don't who's old, I don't um, I'm wondering does does Spider-Man grow up with you does he kind of
1: Yeah, I mean I I wouldn't say I don't necessarily I mean I follow it all now cuz I'm working on it but through the years I wouldn't necessarily follow it unless I like well not through the years when I was younger I would read all of it then it got to the point where I kind of just read it when I like the creative team or whatever uh, but when you're when I'm reading it um, I mean it does it's it's kind of amazing that they can still come up with new stories uh, and um, I mean yeah like it's just uh, it's always it, it never it always feels fresh especially because they're rotating teams and everything Definitely. it's not like the Simpsons where the Simpsons died to me after Season nine, I think. I just don't,
0: don't, we don't go there. I'm a huge Simpsons fanboy, but it's not, it's just not good
1: anymore. But what what season do you fall off at? Um, well,
0: because I I think that everybody
1: has their own era. You probably have a different era than I probably do.
0: I think for me, it was the Simpsons movie was the end of it. Oh, I thought that
1: movie was good though. Oh no, no! I'm saying I like the movie, oh, yeah. but everything after. Oh that. my god! I was way, I was off way before that. <laughs> well, what that about did. this? Let me ask you this before we and. Mm-hmm. Do you did, did you guys ever, do you guys watch Saturday Night Live? Yes. Yes. Okay, who's your cast? Um, Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm.
0: Really? That, that generation. That was my on I I go with um. The era that that had uh, Farley and Spade and Sandler. I think
1: you're just, going back because like, you weren't really old enough to watch it when oh, you were. All right. Here's what's gonna happen in your life. It's now your era is your era is the the years where you're like in middle school and high school. You're gonna think. Or you're gonna run into people that tell you that it's been shit ever since <laughs> since they were done with high school, yeah. and it always happens. And I'm like, no, I think that the the kids that are you know doing yeah. watching it now have, yeah. feel the same way about it that we felt about it, you know. <laughs> but they're all every single era, it, everybody's era was is the best era ever, and the yeah, show's been yours, terrible ever the best. since.
0: It's it's like yeah. I, I started watching SNL way before I should have started watching right. SNL. I started watching it in like third grade. Yeah, if
1: you're getting Farley in there, that's that's it's, pretty early. Oh, it's, it's, it's that would have been like me watching. Time. I don't even know who like they, when I was little. It was probably uh, Eddie Murphy or something. Eddie Murphy's got some. I wasn't watching in that it too. though. I mean, I watched it in retrospect, but yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Well, I think. I think we're good. Are we good? We're good. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Mr. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. You'll be able to edit out those interruptions the, the, and stuff. Hopefully, hopefully right, we will. All right. Um, you can cut that. And now, because
0: we're not just you know, let's see the drawings.